Welcome to Conversations with Sons of Prophets. We are kicking off this podcast where we just have conversations about what God is saying, what he's doing in the earth, um, what he wants to see for his bride, for the body of Christ. How can we establish his voice in the earth? And so in this first episode, uh, just want to introduce ourselves. I'm Ricky Brown, uh, founder of Sons of Prophets, along with my wife. I'm Sierra Brown. I'm Jeff Price. I'm Eddie Reardon. So what does it really mean to hear the voice of God? Uh, for decision making in life, what does it mean to uh, seek the Lord? Um, you know, I think I think when we talk about that, sometimes it sounds, uh, it almost sounds like it's this idea that's actually hard to attain. It's hard yeah. to achieve. Like it's not really real. Like it's not something tangible. Yeah. Um, maybe it has to do with us uh, setting our hopes on something we can't see. Uh, maybe it has to do with a feeling that we have about something, and maybe this is the voice of God. Um, but really, what does that look like? And and can that be a very tangible thing? Is that a reality? Um, and what does it mean to even hear the voice of God? I guess we should start there. Just to back up a little bit on that, it could be, you know, as you were saying, like seeking the counsel, you know, of the world, but it could also just be rooted in bad theology because there's a whole, you know, um, I guess you'd say like, you know, group of believers are just a lie in the in the body of Christ, you know, it's not, not everywhere, but in the body of Christ that says God has said everything he needs to say on ink and ink and paper, right? Mm -hmm. Like ink on paper that everything that he could ever possibly speak to you exists within these 66 Mm -hmm. books as if 66 books and ink on paper could contain the creator of Mm -hmm. the universe. Right. Um, there's even scripture that says, uh, I think it, I think it's, Oh man, I'm, I'm missing the address right now, but uh, if there's not enough books in the entire world that could record everything that Jesus did yeah. on his, yeah. on, like on the earth, right. In his ministry. And so I just, sometimes I think about how it is rooted in bad theology and how, when you believe something like that, mm-hmm. which probably leads you down the road of, uh, cessationism, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't think it's possible. So you don't seek him. You yeah. don't seek his voice, yeah. right? So your everyday decision-making is rooted in just knowledge that you picked up from seminary or this or that or, or whatever, right? And so secularism can creep in in those avenues. Um, but well, it's just that it's like unbelief at that point. Would you say that that, would you say that, that ties into uh, essentially having faith in the God of the past and potentially having faith in the God of the future but not actually believing in the God of the present? Never thought about it like that. Hmm. Because, you know, many people will like study, study, study the text and they believe Jesus did that Jesus died on the cross. They believe all these things. Um, as long as they're historical records, they believe them. Yeah. Or as long as it's something that they believe might happen in the future, they'll believe it. But I find that faith is really challenged when you believe God is who he says he is like right, right now, here like today, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that today, that present, that present, point of uh believing in god like that's where rhema is because like that mm. rhema is a is a right now word yeah so that's like that's where you hear the voice of god you find the voice of god in the present now like you can find him in the present by looking to the past and by thinking on the future uh but but i think there is a lot to say about um like having faith in the god of today and what, what that what that looks like and what that means you know, is, is he, uh, does he exist in my present circumstance? Um, does he exist when you see crazy things happening on TV, on the news? 
Does and he that, have an opinion? I just don't have an answer for it. Yeah. Does Does he have an opinion? Does he have a plan? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I read an interesting book by Mark Batterson. I can't think of the name of it, but in it, he he breaks down that there's seven ways to hear God's voice, and I think that for me help me realize how Captain Obvious he is, like some of those commercials where you see like, oh, he's always been there the whole time, right. and that he always has something to say. I believe it's in the book of Psalms where he talks about his thoughts or as, or as much as the seashore, the sands of the seashore, right. something along those lines. So I feel like he has something to say, and he's always in the midst. It's just a matter of can we see it or if we choose to. And it takes me to John 4 when he's looking for worshipers who are going to worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of us being spiritual beings to be presence and present right. driven, but also to know like, hey, we have this guideline or this framework, which is those 66 books. And along with that, for me, when I look at Matthew 6, 33 and 34, where it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Then immediately Jesus goes to verse 34 and says, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough trouble of its own sufficient for the day. It's its own trouble. So he's almost telling us like, Hey, focus on me now. Yeah. Look at my voice now. Look for me now. And then the rest will be taken care of. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't store up that manna for tomorrow, but yes. take what you need for today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's good. And I, I guess, I guess out of that place, um, out of that place, okay, I imagine, so when you think about, when you think about a father and a son, you think about a son walking with their father, going to the store with their father, uh, learning how to fix this or do that around the house or just like, just being with his father, the, that, that son will, it will pick up on like his father's ways. And so when that son makes decisions, um, there's a heavy influence from, from his father on how he makes decisions. And so I think that being with God in present moments is what causes us to make decisions from that place of, of knowing him. And so in many cases, um, it's very, I believe it's very possible that we're probably making decisions um, that began from inspiration with the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. even, even in moments where we're not consciously aware that this yeah. that's what we're doing. But I think that I think that safety net of knowing that you're being guided by him and that uh, that his voice is a sort of the the origin um, that which that you live from and make make decisions from and get direction from. Mm -hmm. I think that's hinged on walking with him daily. The daily encounter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's a lot that goes into just like you hear all these spiritual words like walking with him or all this stuff. But what does that actually mean? What does it mean to actually pull on that and practically walk out hearing God. Um, because I can remember when we, back in the day when, when we were first starting out, like people would say these things to me and I'm like, but what is that? How do you hear God? Like, how do you know? What do you do? How do you know if that's his voice and all these things? Of course, yeah. walking it out and like, and if you're, if you think you hear him and you walk it out, following through and like testing all that stuff that that's a part of it. You just have, you have to use faith. Like yeah. there's no way around that. Um, but just some practical ways of actually hearing God or like what it feels like sometimes when you hear God, it's kind of hard to put all these spiritual things into practical language. But one of the ways is if you're trying to make a decision, cause that's what we're talking about. Making decisions um, is where you feel peace. Do you feel peace? Um, do you feel like the peace of the Lord, even if it sounds crazy, what you're deciding about or like it doesn't it sounds like the opposite of what 
logically you should do. But if you feel peace about it, that could be the Lord leading you and you put your faith to it. Um, so, yeah, just I think practically knowing some of these things, like do you feel peace or do you feel anxiety? Um, do you feel like if you made the dis- made the opposite of what you feel like you should do, how do you do you think that you would be able to sleep at night if you made that decision? Like just those little practical things like, okay, this is probably where the Holy Spirit is leading me. So, um, so to that point, uh, what would you say about situations where uh, like the peace versus anxiety is not necessarily the sign that's pointing to God, but there's some other sign where you know God's telling you to do something, but you actually still feel anxious about it. So how, how do you judge? How do you judge whether that maybe maybe anxiety in this example how do you judge whether that is something that uh, is a sign that tells you that it might not be the Lord versus it is the Lord, but I'm going to overcome these feelings? Yeah. Like, how, how do you know? like like maybe it's like like a fear of like doing something like new or something right. you're not used to or taking yeah. on mm-hmm. like a new responsibility. Mm-hmm. And but you like, you know, like sort of in your knower, like by the Holy Spirit that mm-hmm. this is like for you that you should that you should go yeah. for. It. But you kind of but you're like struggling with like that anxiety of like, how do I? how do I say yes to this? I, I, I can't see the clear picture, et cetera. Yeah. And so it may not yeah. feel as peaceful, right? Right. Yeah. Because I, I understand the, uh, like waiting for the peace of God. I've, mm-hmm. I felt that. And, too. and I, yeah, yeah. I, I understand that completely. And that's one of the things that, you know, I live by as well. Um, but I also understand what it's like to be very anxious about something that I'm supposed to be obedient in and having to kind of give those anxious feelings to him. And I'll, I've seen many, uh, use anxious feelings to actually fall out of the race that God wants them to run. Uh, but, but they believe that I've seen people kind of use those things as excuses as well. So like, where do you draw the line there? Like you have like thoughts, wisdom on that. That is a good question. Um, when I had this question, um, one of our mentors of the past would just, even though like you feel the anxiety of overcoming something new or something that you've never done before, just of the unknown, but like, um, the directional part of it, where did you feel the peace? Like, even if you're like, I should move this way, I should go this way, even though it's the opposite of what I logically I should do. But if you feel like trying to figure out all the steps of it gives you the anxiety, like that part is not for you to like figure out it's the direction of it. Does, am I making sense? Like if God says go left, I see. Yeah. I if God see. says go left and you feel peace on going left, even though you don't know how you're going to go left, yeah. all the p- components to that might not be, you might feel anxiety about that, right. but the direction of where you're I'm saying the peace of God still comes no matter what the yes. peace of God still comes for the direction. And yeah. then within that you can you, experience you walk that out with the Lord. challenges or, yeah. or opposition that you have to overcome. Yeah. yeah. I think it'd probably be important to note that this is not like, you know, a an A plus B equals C. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. But but really when when we're going after the Lord daily and we're going after that intimate relationship where I want to know what my father has for me, like mm-hmm. not just to reap that benefit, but because I love him and mm-hmm. I want to obey him and that's a way to honor him and glorify him. That most of the time we're just pulling on threads. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just stepping out. Okay, Lord, are you here? Mm-hmm. Are you on this? Should I go in this direction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, but I don't have the, I don't have the full quilt yet. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you yeah. pull another thread yeah. and just keep Step. pulling and keep yeah. pulling and just testing. And, yeah. and guess what? If I pull the wrong thread, grace, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. thank you, mm-hmm. Jesus, yeah. for your blood that is speaking a better thing. 
and there's grace. So we don't have to be even be filled with the anxiety mm-hmm. of, you know, making this, you know, making the, you know, the worst mistake ever. Yeah, right. Even if I make a decision that could, I don't know, financially ruin me or whatever, mm-hmm. there's a mess to be cleaned up. But God, I thank you for yeah. grace. And I thank you that you're going to lead me yeah. in the future. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And uh, for me, you know, I, for when it comes to decision making and wisdom, I always, I call it the wisdom test. It's in James 3, 17 and 18, where it says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Then the next verse says, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So those eight things, like if this idea of this decision is from above, is it pure? Mm-hmm. Like, is this, is there purity behind it? Because, you know, in the Bible it says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Mm-hmm. So thinking about, is there purity behind it? Is it peaceable? Is it promoting peace not only within myself, but in others as well? So it's almost looking at the vision and say, will this produce fruit? And what will that look like? Yeah. Is it willing to yield? Is there humility in that? Am I, hum- am I in a place of humility with the Lord and also with those that's in my counsel as well? And then um, full of mercy, am I having mercy on others? Yeah. And then just also looking at that produce at the end, it, what is the end result? Because yeah. I feel like with God speaking things into existence from the beginning, he's always seeing the end. You know, he's the alpha and the omega. Yeah. So for us to have that decision-making capability, we also need to look at what does the end look like? You know, when he goes to Joseph and all these guys in the Bible, he's saying, I'm going to make you a king. You're going to do this at the end. Mm-hmm. Now the middle, as you were saying, Eddie, mm-hmm. He kind of works that out because if he tells us ahead of time and says, hey, you're going to be a king or you're going to have this and that, but you're going to go to jail, you're going to go mm-hmm. through this, you're going to go through that. Answering that call, it's like, you know what? I don't know if I want to do it let's anymore. Just pause, let's pause a little bit. Yeah, right. yeah, let's just pause on this guy. Like, I don't know if I want it anymore, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. But that wisdom test in James 317 is what really helps me in decision making. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good guidance. Yeah. I also, I also, man, I'm really firm on, uh, uh, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. Mm-hmm. He will direct yeah. your paths. And it's it's what you guys are talking about. It's like what you're talking about with pulling on those threads. Even if you pull on the wrong one, there's grace, right? And so that shows that there's... Doesn't mean that we're reckless. Still make your path but, straight. But right. Rest. Right. But like, because it shows that pursuit, see, pursuit uh, instead of retreat. Mm-hmm. You know, Sierra and I, were, we were talking uh, recently how like, we were talking about God, how God is not a God of like retreat because we were just discussing uh, situations and sometimes uh, people feel like, you know, I don't want to do this or I don't, don't want to work here. I don't want to do this thing. I want to, I want to bow out. I want to back down. While I do believe that God can and will move you places, promote you places, change things. Uh, uh, sometimes he course correct us. So we do need to step out of something that we stepped into by mistake. Uh, but if he led us into something and it gets hard and we want to, and we want to retreat, we can't call that God just because the idea of it feels good. Like it would feel more comfortable if I just like, like retreated. Mm-hmm. And, and we were talking about Sierra brought up like, yeah, he's the Lord of hosts. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, uh, he may, he makes war and peace. And he, you know, he, he doesn't, God's course does not get corrected. He might correct our course, mm-hmm. but you know, even in times where, you know, we strongly feel like, Lord, you have something different for me or a different job I should work or uh, something else I should do. 
But then what you do is you lean into those situations with the Lord, because if you can't walk with God in your present circumstance, what's the guarantee that you can walk with God in any other circumstance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can't walk with God daily with the job you're at now, what's to say you, you can do it in any other job or the church you're at now? What's to say you can do it with, any, you know, any, at any other church. And so there, there's literally no guarantee uh, that you'll, you, you'll, you can find yourself in an endless chase of trying to find out um, what's most fulfilling to you. And you're looking for the right thing in external circumstances yeah. without realizing that closeness with the Lord being satisfied and being fulfilled by the Lord is for every circumstance, for every situation and every mountain, for every every mountain. And so it's not, I can find God over in this mountain better than I can over in this mountain. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to leave this mountain to go. Now there are, there are times when it's time to transition, like transition times come upon all of us. Um, but God, like he holds the times and seasons in his hands. Yes. And he can move us as he wishes. Mm-hmm. He can He can nudge us. He can prompt us. He can shift things. But it never has to be because we retreated because we didn't have faith for him in the moment yeah. or faith in him in the moment. I think um, even when we are in those situations where we might feel disheartened or, you know, whatever it may, whatever it may be a job or this or that or position or something that you're involved in. We're supposed to still do those things. You might even feel or want or desire, you know, a change, but we're still supposed to, for the time that we are involved in whatever it may be, to do those things in mm-hmm. excellence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing, you know, I'm just going to throw out a guess here. I'm willing to bet that 80% of the time that those desires are probably rooted in an identity crisis because mm-hmm. we're trying to find our fulfillment in this job or this boss doesn't acknowledge me or uh, I didn't like, or I don't get enough thanks serving at this church or they're not, or they're not acknowledging my prophetic Mm. wisdom. How dare they? Right. And so in all, in all reality and biblically, we're supposed to be getting our identity from Christ and that's where we can thrive and operate in excellence in every situation that we're in, in every job that we're in, in every, uh, serving opportunity, volunteering opportunity, ministry opportunity. It's, it's him. He's supposed to be our fulfillment no matter what in our marriage. Guess what? I cannot be fulfilled by my wife. She can't be my source of life. Jesus has to be my source of life. And guess what? It's supernatural. And that can flow over here, right? That can flow into my daughter that can flow in our relationships. So good. So we talked about like feeling peace on things. We talked about, you know, the wisdom of God and, what it's like to sort of hear his voice or feel his presence uh, in a moment for making a decision, walking with him daily. Um, what are what are some of the other ways that you can you can hear God? Because uh, I do believe there are many ways, and I think I think we've all experienced uh, hearing God's voice in a lot of different ways. Yeah, uh, let me give my quick seven. First is scripture. We'll start there. Always go to the Word of God. Then the three Ds: doors. What doors is He opening for you? What doors is He closing for you? Dreams, Ricky was just hitting on what dreams are we having? Desires, what desires has he put on your heart? So scripture, doors, dreams, desires. Now three Ps, promptings, like the intuition, so to speak. Like, man, I just know it. Like those promptings, people, when God can speak through other people. And last but not least, when God speaks through pain. So when God speaks through pain, that's the most, it's almost like when he's speaking through pain, that's when he's really getting our attention. It's like, man, I can't believe I'm going through this, but it's so clear because 
is forcing us to cry out as well. So those are the three P's, the three D's, and that one S that I feel like God speaks to me personally. Wow. Wow. You know, never thought about discussing that one. Uh, God speaking through pain is, uh, that's important because we typically, uh, I've been thinking about this lately, like when, when dangerous or emergency situations happen or, or when you feel uh, hopeless or lost or not at ease or don't know what to do, I think whatever you cling to the quickest is what you trust the most. Yeah. And so, like, who do you run to first? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it a certain vice? Is it a... Is it your old man? Is it a friend? Is, is it, it a friend? Like yeah. who? Who? Like do you run into the prayer closet? Like yeah, and, and and not because you're trying to do the holy or righteous thing, but like is do you have an intimate yeah. life with God to yeah. where that's just what you would who, do? Like who, who's your safety net? And a lot of times, when when I've gone through painful seasons, people have questioned me. They're like Jeff, it seems like your painful seasons aren't that long. It's like my comfort net is the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. That's my comfort yeah. net. Like. And I, I'm not trying to say I don't run to my wife, I don't run to my kids, I don't run to counsel, but at the end of the day, people are fallible, and only Jesus Christ is infallible. He's the only one that I can run to for pain that I know 100% of the time, yeah. I'll get the right answer, I'll be healed, and I can, will actually feel better. Yeah. Uh. Even pain through your own, like, mess-ups, like, of consequences, mm-hmm. like, of your own undoing, the pain of that, God definitely speaks to that. Yeah. Um, it definitely course corrects you. So yeah, yeah that, that course correction, um, it doesn't feel good sometimes. It doesn't. <laughs> but you know, even when it hurts, because you know you did something wrong, or you know that he's correcting you. Even even when even in those moments where it hurts, at the same time it feels it feels good because like it feels like you belong to him. Mm-hmm. It's like oh now I I knew you were my father. And now all over again, I know it. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like it became more real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and it builds up trust too. I remember a personal story. My daughter, she has ulcerative colitis and um, she had to get um, a catheter put in. So I'm in the hospital with her. She's waking up after surgery and they're pulling the catheter out. But she has to be awake for that part. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at me and she's crying and she's like, Dad, how are you letting them do this to me? Dad, stop her. Like, Dad, what are you doing? Like, she's hurting me and you're sitting right there and you're just letting it happen. But me as her father, I know this is what's best. Yep. Even though she's in pain for this, yep. I know the outcome. And, and God spoke to me so clearly in that moment. He's like, son, this is what it looks like when people are in painful situations. Even though she's in pain, she's uncomfortable. She's crying tears in her eyes. And, you know, my daughter was like 10 years old at the time. So I'm crying, too. And I'm like, you just have to go through this. And almost it's just like when Saul converted to Paul in the book of Acts, when Jesus is like, you're persecuting me. Like, mm-hmm. he took it personal yep. that he was certain Christians. So it, it helps me remember that season and sharing that testimony that, when we're hurting and we're in pain, he's in pain with us. It's not like, oh, we're going through pain and he's just on his throne like, ha, 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 you're learning now. He's actually crying with us. Wow. Yeah, he's a personal God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way he talks to me the most is probably through the intuition. Um, I kind of, I just know, I feel. Um, that's probably the main way he also talks to me through dreams, though, and just even just supernatural encounters. But if we're talking about most, I would say intuition. Yeah, I, I think for me, I'd say, so I, ha- I have a lot of dreams. <laughs> um, I would probably say most intuition for me as well. 
and then you know of course like a scripture will like leave off the page mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, or i'll just be like drawn to like philippians 2 or something like mm-hmm. that um and then the still small voice yeah as well Same, um yeah. heard the audible voice like uh two times mm-hmm. you know and i haven't heard like the audible voice you know outside of that but uh still small voice for sure and the first time I ever heard God vo- God's voice and I didn't know it till Ricky told me. I'll tell this story. <laughs> I was a brand new baby believer. I just got saved, I don't know, like a week saved. And I didn't know anything. I didn't even know how to pray, didn't didn't know nothing. And I rolled out of bed on the right side of bed. I typically got on the left side of bed. I just remember these things. And the second my feet hit the floor, I heard the word Galatians in my head. Mm. It was just repeated over and over. Galatians, 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 Galatians. And uh what I now know that was like the still small like that was like the still small voice. And uh I went into work and I was like, "Ricky, do you remember this?" Mm-hmm. It's like, "Ricky, yeah. I keep hearing this word Galatians in my head. I don't know what like what this is, but like you're weird enough that I could like ask you these things, you wouldn't <laughs> think I was crazy." And like, "Oh, that's God talking to you." Like, "Oh, he talks to us and he wants you to read the book of Galatians. And so I just, I downloaded the Bible app. I didn't even have a Bible on my iPhone 3GS. And I just, <laughs> I just read it. I didn't know what I was reading. I didn't understand it, but I love the book of Galatians now. But I remember that being the first time me like, wow, God spoke to me in that way. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but at that time you didn't know that Galatians was a book of the Bible. No, I didn't. You just didn't know what the word was. No. And so you was like, what does this word mean? And I'm yeah. like, dude, that's a book of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and you kept you kept telling me you need to read the Gospels and Acts. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. But I'm looking through my Bible and I can't find the book of Acts at all. <laughs> it's because I was looking A X E. I just I didn't. <laughs> um, but then yeah, like shortly. Thereafter, you know, you were kind of like talking to me about how to hear God's voice for other people. Yeah. And like, like I heard, saw that picture of the sailboats and got that yeah, word yeah. winds of change. That's yeah, the yeah. first prophetic word I'd ever given. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, back to the original Which question. to do with uh, prophesying about our, our move from, from Ohio, that first move. That's so crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. So sitting in your living room. Um, but yeah, so back to your original question. Um, you know, I dream a lot, um, lots and lots of intuition, um, but always checking it up against like scripture and the nature and character of God. If I'm, you know, thinking something or wanting to do something and it's against the nature and character of my loving father mm-hmm. towards me or anybody else, that's, that's, that's yeah. deception. That's not God. Um, and then the still small voice. Yeah. So I had a similar, I had a still small voice um, testimony to in the hospital mm. as well, where, you know, they wanted to give my daughter some medication that she didn't, that she didn't need. And I knew it. And I was just, no, hard, no, mm. hard, no. And um, they kept coming in and they were kind of ignoring us. And the Holy Spirit stopped me in the middle of saying no. And the Holy Spirit said, just do it. I'm going to take care of her. Mm. I didn't even think about it. I said, go for it. Uh, Test results came back. She didn't need it. Uh, mm. But I trust the Holy Spirit. He said, he said, yeah, yeah. or you know, he said, go for it. I'll protect her. Yeah. Cool. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Cause that fear works both ways. Yeah. So we don't have to fear that if we don't get something, that something bad will happen. Then we also don't have to fear that if we get something, something bad will happen. Like yeah. fear works both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like, you no, know, 
as a general rule of thumb, I don't believe anything should be forced on anybody. Yeah. So but medically speaking, my default is going to be a no, especially mm-hmm. if you're trying to make me do it. Um, but if I end up, uh, if I end up opting for something though, just because, you know, the Lord tells me it's okay, or there's actually some strategy involved, uh, then I'm also not going to fear something bad happening to me because of that. Yeah. 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 I would say like, I'm thinking about it now, like, was that my top one? But yeah, intuition and still small voice. But I remember, um, just probably just even a few years ago, just learning how to lean into that intuition Mm -hmm. and, um, like, was that you God or was it? And a lot of times it would have like, you would have, I would have this thought in the back of my head, like, oh, maybe this will happen today. Or, and it'd be like, not even like a clear, just, it'd just be like kind of fuzz, but you kind of know when you're first <laughs> trying to figure out how to do this. And then it'll happen. And you'd be like, I knew that, but like it, it hadn't been clear in my mind yet. So just like leaning into that and actually paying attention to those thoughts in the, that kind of roll around the back of your head that the Holy Spirit might be putting there and like being intentional with it. That was part of my journey with learning about intuition. Cause it would be always after the fact, like, Oh, I knew that was going to happen. Or, and like even days later, oh, I, I knew, <laughs> but, yeah. but not knowing, but not like having the foresight or even the experience to like lean into it ahead of time. Man, that was, you know that, I mean? was that was you God talking to me. Yeah. yeah. You know, for me personally, and I, I'm just trying to be, you know, not prescriptive, but just descriptive for me personally is um, I had to really clean up what I was putting into myself to really understand, like, is this yeah. God's thought? Is this my thought? Or is this something I watched on TV? Mm-hmm. So really that that lifestyle of purity. And, um, you know, some people might say I'm like a hyper Christian because I don't listen to any music with cussing in it. I don't go to comedy clubs where there's cussing in it or anything like that. I don't I can't watch certain TV shows because I'm very. Um, sensitive, not like S-E-N, but S-I-N. So things that are like sin, like it bothers me. And you think about the Holy Spirit as a dove and like a bird is what going to fly away when there's something that disturbs them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, for me, I want the Holy Spirit to not just be in me. That's like a given, like that's easy, but I want the Holy Spirit to be on me, like on the outside. Mm -hmm. And part of that and going back to hearing God's voice is having a lifestyle of purity. It's of a consecration. And is it going to cost you something? Maybe, but what's the well, what's the outcome? Like for me, starting a business, growing the business, having these giant decisions to make, pursuing it a hundred percent, pulling out my four hundred one k, putting a line of credit against my house, all these major life decisions. It all became easy for me because my lifestyle is always structured around hearing God first, first thing in the morning. Like as soon as I get up. I'm in prayer, reading the Bible. I'm not trying to check my phone or do anything like that. Of course, mistakes happen, but my entire commitment is to always seek God first to start the day. And then everything else just kind of goes into alignment. Yeah. So like, so like what you're describing, like what you're, you're describing now and what it feels like we're almost transitioning to in our conversation is what is that like? What does it look like to live that life that carries the voice of God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That makes room Mm-hmm. And um, I'll say, so David Hogan came, you know, this yeah, past yeah. weekend at World Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get a chance to listen to everything, you know, on Saturday. I was in the back room with Ruby, but I heard him say one phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, does it profit 
the kingdom. And that one, I don't know the, the full context there, there might've been something really cool he was saying with it, but that phrase, does it profit the kingdom really convicted me. And I was just mm. thinking about like my life and just day in, day out, mm. the things that I do or watch or whatever, is it, was that profiting mm-hmm. to the kingdom? Mm-hmm. Right. And if it's just not profiting, you know, we're not talking like legal, you know, being mm-hmm. extra legalistic yeah. and, um, yeah. you know, moving into a monastery, you know, whatever, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, not saying you can't do that. Yeah. Right. Kind of funny. But. Um, just kind of looking at our lives. Okay. And is, does this profit the kingdom? Mm. Maybe it's harmless, right? Maybe it's not sin. Maybe it's not, you, you know, uh, you know, someone cussing at a comedy club or, you know, whatever. And, you know, it's okay, but does it profit the kingdom for my family? Mm. Does it profit, uh, the kingdom and our ability to steward his voice for the things that he wants to do with us or sons of prophets or whatever it might, or whatever it might be. And so, Man, I'll, I'll tell you, I just felt like the conviction of the Lord just to think and ponder on that and just take inventory in my own personal life of do these things profit the kingdom? Just kind of just anything and everything. Is it profiting for the yeah. kingdom of God? And That's good. so I feel like, you know, a part of that is making room for God to speak. And so mm-hmm. even one side of that is instead of always approaching the Lord in prayer with needs or an agenda right? What if I just went and said, all right, I leave room for you. Yeah. What do you want to say? I'm yeah. okay. I don't, it doesn't have to look a certain way. Yeah. I'll journal. We, we can journal. Yeah. We can read the word. Psalms 118, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can go down, you know, this road, anything that you want to do, Jesus. But yeah. sometimes I feel like, you know, we almost approach him as a, uh, vending machine for blessings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, instead of just seeking him to know him because he's lovely, mm-hmm. like he's our bridegroom King. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, man, if he is that lovely, if he is who he says he is, wouldn't I just go to him because that's just who he is Yeah, because yeah. he's wonderful. Yeah. Because even, he's, even, a, yeah. even just a basic friend of yours, like seems closer you're just, than a brother. If you're just going to go see a friend. You, you don't go see a friend. And when you get to their house, you're like, okay, I need this, 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 this. Can you help me with this, this? You like, you go see your friend and you're like, what you want to do today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you, you want to grab something to eat. And so if we could at least like approach God in that way, like what's on the, the agenda for today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's like, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. We're, like, we're talking about like hearing God's voice, and but then like stewarding it yes. like, or foster, fostering a lifestyle can, where you can hear it, yeah. hear God's voice. Um <clears throat> Caring enough to to pursue that. Yeah, um, I think a part of that has to do with what you were talking about, just the purity and the consecration of yes. your life, setting your life apart. I was talking about that with a friend today, <laughs> um, wow. just about having a consecrated lifestyle. Yeah. And in that, that creates so much room for the Holy Spirit to pour out. I mean, I honestly, I, this is kind of segueing to something else, but I honestly think like as a body of Christ, like the capital C church, like is moving into a time of consecration because of what the Holy spirit wants to pour out. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a segue into a different conversation, but yeah, consecration for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I'll say sanctification and consecration both have to do with, uh, being set apart. Mm -hmm. Sanctification is what God does. So when he saves you, like he sanctifies us and we're, we're, you know, forever walking out that, 
sanctification, just like the Bible tells us to work out our salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, consecration is what we do in response to him sanctifying us. So it's like, yeah. you've set me apart. Now I'm going to set myself apart for you. Yeah. Now I'm going to take the things in my life, what I have, what you've given me, and I'm going to dedicate them back to you or I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, yeah. And so consecration is almost a response because you, to him, because you actually believe that you're set apart. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have the responsibility of being set apart. The Holy Spirit does that. Um, but you have a, re- you have a response to him. You have a responsibility to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you can say, you can wake up and say no, if you so choose to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And saying yes, looks like agreement. It's, it's, uh, it's actually walking the same path with him, which means you, you do consecrate yourself. Yeah. And I just want to piggyback off that. It's like, you know, we say that in churches and it's like, just say yes. And to me, it's like, if I'm saying yes to Jesus, it means the why is like that I'm yielded, that I'm at a yielded position. And it's almost like if you're coming to an intersection and someone has a yield, it's a yield sign, you're giving him the right of way. Yeah. Like if you're giving him the right of way, then you can just follow. And now it, it makes it a lot easier than that. E, if you're saying yes, is that expectancy and it's having that hope. Because the Bible says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So it's like the supernatural hope that he gives us, it empowers us to do everything he's called us to do. And then it makes it easy. And kind of what you were saying, so you're going to like John 15, where he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. So if you choose a lifestyle to abide in him, he gives you your heart's desires. And, you know, even in the Beatitudes, he says in Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Yeah. And he wasn't talking about in heaven. He was talking about like right now. Yeah. Like you can see God in every area of your life right. if you have a pure heart. And then that S is just for servitude, being willing to serve him and serve others. And then it becomes really easy, especially if you choose to just abide in him 24-7. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Awesome.